What's up, family? Today is June the 8th, 2020. This is episode 120. This is the final episode for season five. Season six will begin sometime next week. So I'll be posting a lot of episodes that I think are very important and I would like for you to check them out if you haven't already listened to them. Okay, let's get started. Well, due to all the interesting and exciting type of things that have occurred over the last week or so, 10 days, two weeks with the George Floyd killing. It's been a very stressful, it's been a very interesting experience. But then again, is it really an interesting and an interesting experience? I don't think so. I think with all the looting and the rioting, even with the peaceful demonstrations, we've seen this once before. Back in 19, what was it, 1992, or nine, yeah, 92, 92, 91, when all the stuff with the Rodney King, sometimes it, it, it's been so long, you're talking about almost 30 years uh, since the last one. But today I wanted to talk about something that's pretty much going on and I think we still need to work on it as a people and it's called PTSS you may ask what is PTSS it's called post-traumatic slavery I'm sorry slave syndrome I always use slavery but slave syndrome now, you might ask, what is post-traumatic slave syndrome? Well, it's about hurting and healing, pretty much. The author of this beautiful book, Dr. Joyce DeGruy, she put this book out in 2005. It's a great read. I would tell anybody you should check it out. The reason why I wanted to talk about this, you when you want to sit back and you relate a people that have been hurt and acting out, a lot of it is because of post-traumatic slave syndrome, even though you might say, well, we haven't been slave since uh, 1865. Well, I'm sorry. Yeah, 1865 when we were free. Well, that's neither here nor there. In this particular country in America, Black people are still treated as if they are slaves, just with a little bit more uh, lead way. I want you to check out this. This is, uh, I took this out the book. It's uh, interesting. So I want you to just check it out. It says, from the beginning of American chattel slavery 
1619 until the ratification of the 13th Amendment in 1865. Africans were hunted like animals, captured, sold, tortured, and raped. They experienced the worst kind of physical, emotional, psychological, and spiritual abuse. Given such history, Dr. Joyce DeGruy asks, is it likely that many slaves were severely traumatized? Furthermore, did the trauma and the effects of such horrific abuse in with abolishment of slavery? You can answer that for yourself. Has slavery ever really been abolished? They want you to believe, but yet they treat you. Because see, a lot of people think black people, because of the history that's been taught over the years, that black people has been nothing but born as slaves. And that's about as far as the history goes. It doesn't tell you about how uh, a little bit, but not a lot. It doesn't really give you the history on what happened with the Moors and how black people were pretty much brought into slavery. Black people were sold. They were sold for guns by our own black people. But those were somewhat of what you have today when you look at how black people sell out each other. But be before post-traumatic slave, uh, slave syndrome, when you look at the history of it all, Black people were proud people. We were proud parents. We were proud people, period. We've always learned to do for ourselves. And you take the period of American slavery from 1619 all the way up until today. You're looking at American history of slavery. We're not talking about slavery because slavery pretty much began in the 1500s. But we're going to go with what's going on today as well as tomorrow. But I'm not going to hold you long. I just want you to be able to think. I think when you study certain subjects, psychology, and, you know, uh, you, you enter in a certain field, being a life coach and taking ecology, uh, the, I'm sorry, the, uh, uh, oh man, it's, it's, it's a Monday, so I'm, I'm still working the kinks out. Ecology. Is the Academy of Modern Applied Psychology. Being a life coach is more than just being there to help somebody figure out how to deal with their life, uh, figure out uh, people trying to help them on their job, become better employees. No, it's more than that. With ecology, it's more than that because we're, 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 we're dipping deep inside of psychology in order to make a better person because in order to make a better person, you have to be able to make that person who they're supposed to be and not just a better employee. We want a better person all around, not just a better employee. And then you become and you be difficult. But when you're dealing with post-traumatic slavery syndrome, you're dealing with people have been scarred for so long. It. Fall, oh, it fall, the fallout 
that it falls over into today's society as well is society back then coming out of slavery, being in slavery, the jails, because basically post-traumatic slavery syndrome. Here's an example. There was a kid. There was two. Well, actually, there was two kids. There was a black parent and a white parent. These are true stories. That's why you need to get her book and you can read it. And then you can study it for yourself. And the white parent, they were in, they was at the, uh, they was in like, I guess they was in like an assembly. The white parent was going on praising her son and saying how great he was and all the good stuff he was going in school and whatnot. Now they were young, you know, uh, probably a grade school, whatever. And when it came to the black mother to speak on her son, she, don't get me wrong, she was proud too. But she came up with a, a little bit more different answer because when a white woman was praising her son, she was talking about his father as well. Oh, he gets it from his father. His father does this. His father does. Now, when a black woman came, when it came to the black woman, she was proud of her son too, but she expressed it a little bit different because she came out with, well, yeah, he does this. Yeah, but he needs to do this better. He needs to work on this. He needs to, because a white woman said, I heard your son was doing well too. That's how they pretty much got on the fact of talking about the children. But the sister, she was pretty much going in on the fact that, yeah, he does this, even though she's proud, that she's sort of putting him down and putting his father down. Not totally putting down, but putting him down. Now, see, this occurs when there's an issue, like back in slavery, when a child and mother and the master wanted to sell the child she would always put the child down so he wouldn't want that child. He'd go on to the next child or the next whatever. And, and, and that's the same thing that goes on today when you sit back and you look at it. You put your people down because not really paying attention or not really thinking on what's going on, but we put each other down and it's a, it's a carryover effect because we put each other down and then... It doesn't become a put down to protect in all cases. In some cases, it still does, like with the late, with the mother of somewhat putting her own child down. She's putting him down because of that fear that somebody might come and take her child away from her. That's why when white people speak so freely of their children, it just flows. When black people, black people have to give it a little bit more thought and be careful because they think a lot of times that someone might come and take them away from them. That's the thinking. Or here's another one. I think I might've spoke on this one before, but I probably only gave a brief summation on it, but I'm going to give a little bit, try to give a little bit more. There was Joyce's son when she came back from Africa and her son was outside and her daughter's outside. Her daughter runs in the house. Mama, mama, these boys want to jump on, uh, let's say, brother man. That's her son. He was a young, you know, these young, they 10 year, 10 year olds. And what happened was she runs outside. 
seeing what's going on. Now, the brother that wanted to beat up brother man, he told, because the little girl ran into the house telling her mother, he's going to beat up so-and-so brother man, and he's going to pee on your car. Now, this is her, these are her words. So she goes outside to find out what's going on. And then the brother that wants to beat up brother man, which is her son, he's going on about he eyeballed me. He eyeballed me. Now, that's a form of post-traumatic slavery syndrome because you want to take some physical harm to me because I eyeballed you. And in essence, he could have been wanting because they have a basketball court, a basketball rim in front of their house to see if you want to play some basketball or maybe come inside to play some video games. But in the young man's mind, he was looking at me like he wanted to do something to me. It's the same way in jail. You're not supposed to eyeball somebody in jail. Even though uh, that has a lot to do with a lot of things, but post-traumatic slavery syndrome is when you actually take offense to somebody who basically may give just a modest gesture. And it might not mean nothing, but to you, it might mean something uh, disrespectful. Because see, in Africa, like uh, 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 Joyce DeGruy was saying, over in Africa, you know, you acknowledge people, whether you uh, see them or not, you acknowledge them. You might throw your head up. You know, you, you know how we do. We throw our head up. If we don't say nothing to you, we just throw our head up and let you know I seen you. What's up, brother? You throw your head up. You acknowledge him. That's what they do over in Africa. And they find that a little bit of a disrespect if they throw it up to you and you don't respond back. But not in a way they want to come and beat you up. But see, this young man has some issues, apparently, you know, and he's 10. But that goes and carries on when we become adults. Post-traumatic slavery syndrome, we cut each other down. It's like when the mother sees the, uh, the father ain't doing nothing. And what does she do? She cuts the, uh, she cuts the father down right in front of uh, the son or the daughter. Oh, hey, your daddy ain't no good. He ain't this. He ain't that. And, and you know, when you cutting somebody like that, they grow up with that. That's why you should never put your child down, put your father, your, 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 your baby daddy or your baby mama down in front of somebody because it may come back as an issue that you're not ready to deal with. The point of all this is all these emotions that are going down in all these cities of burning, looting. There's a lot of traumatic that's there. In all people, but in black people, people never try to understand. People always want you to feel that you're the bad guy because you did something, not saying you are the bad guy. But see, in white society, when a black person does something, they're put down to the utmost. When a white person does something, they, oh, it's, it's, it's a different, it's like the Dylan Ruth. Here's a guy, a white guy, who kills nine people in a black church during Sunday school. He leaves one lady alive to go and tell the story, but he kills nine people and the police take him to Burger King 
to get something to eat before they take him to jail. Now, when you black, like our brother George Floyd, who basically you're talking about a $20 bill, a counterfeit deal. We don't even know what really happened with that. We don't know. He could have had that bill and he could have got that bill from somebody and he was passing it on and, and probably didn't even notice. But when you take George Floyd deal and you take the Dylan Roof, they killed this man, handcuffed him, paraded him around the street. Dylan Roof, they take the Burger King. Now, that's the type of stuff that really like, what the hell is going on? Am I a part of this land or what? That's why when you see so many black people that basically you didn't do anything, but you apologize for, well, my people did this, so I apologize. What the hell are you apologizing for? You don't see white people apologizing for the stuff that they do. Why in the hell are you going around apologizing? And you see this time and time and time again. Why are you apologizing? You don't want to offend your former slave masters, grandkids, so you apologize. In essence, if you really took the time to learn who you are, learn your history, because over the last 400 years or so, black man been getting his own, been getting, uh, getting white history. That's why you don't know who you are and you don't teach it, and they don't teach it in schools very little. They give you a month. They give you the shortest month of the year. Black people don't need no black history month. Black people should be learning black history from their parents. Their parents should be teaching them black history, not waiting for some damn school teacher to teach them some black history. Why are you trying to teach my kids their history when you don't understand it? But a lot of times they understand it better than you because you don't take the time to try to even think about trying to understand who you really are. It's, it's, it's your actions. That's what it becomes. Your actions. Your actions. What's the old saying? Your actions always speak louder than your words. You know, you say you love somebody, you cuss them out and you beat them up, but you love them. Actions. Instead of showing a hug, you say nice things. You beat them up, cut them down, talk about them. You ain't nothing. You so-and-so and I can't stand you. You know, that ain't the way it's done. Post-traumatic slave syndrome. You can take a collection of a lot of things that you do every day, not even knowing that that's what you're actually perpetuating in your own household. Post-traumatic slave syndrome, PTSS. That's what you're portraying and you don't even know it. We have to take time to sit down and understand who we are as people. We cannot continue to go on and not understand. That's why it's like it's very important to read. Back in the day, a lot of people didn't understand Football in, 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 in football, professional football and in, in college, black people weren't even allowed to play uh, different positions. Quarterback was one because quarterback has always been considered a thinking man's position. And a black man was never able to uh, able to think for himself, which is a lie. But see, when you constantly put that kind of stuff and that behavior out there, you have people believe it. Another position a lot of people don't know, playing offensive linemen, because offensive linemen, you have to be able to think. A lot of black people weren't allowed to play offensive linemen or middle linebacker. Because, see, these are thinking positions. Back in the day, baseball, when black man was allowed to uh, 
uh, to play baseball. Center fielder is a thinking man's position. You got to be able to control the outfield. And these are just simple, nothing type deals because they're games. But even in games, there's still that post-traumatic slave syndrome. And if you don't understand what I'm saying, go out and talk about your mama. Go out and talk about your brother. Go out and talk about your father. Go out and talk about your husband in front of people that look like you or don't look like you. You cut them down. When I say cut them down, you just uh, you taking a person who's a proud person, maybe a good person, and you slice them down to being a nobody, a bad person. And that's what the white media does for black folks all the time. Even some of your own brothers and sisters, well, mostly some of your own brothers in the black media cut down their own brother or sister. And you do have sisters that cut down your brother and sisters, too. So I just don't want to be one sided because it's both sides. But if you don't start to wake up and really understand. You're going to always be a people waiting and looking for somebody to come to your rescue when you could easily rescue yourself by doing the right thing and stop putting your brother and sister down. We are proud people. We need to act like a proud people and stop cutting each other down, cutting each other's throat, not physically cutting the throat, but cutting each other's throat with our words because words are a killer. Our actions are even worse, but words are a killer. And a lot of times you don't see what you're doing. And I have this problem sometimes myself. So I'm not just saying and talking to you. I'm talking about myself. I'm using this platform as therapy to help me as well, because I know I can do some, uh, I say some crazy things sometimes. So I'm using this to help me as well to work on myself. But we, we got to do better. We, we got to learn ourselves better. We got to learn who we are as a people. You know, slavery was something that we were brought into. We weren't born, well, if you happen to be born in it, but then again, we were, as a people, we were brought into it by our wicked oppressors. And that's it. And today they still try to keep you on that same level. And the more and more you go about your day and the more and more you listen to these people, the more and more you, you believe in what they say, you fall further and further down the chain of trying to climb back up because you constantly believe what they say about you. And if you really, really want me to tell you, you really want to know, let them look at themselves. Rape, murder, kidnap. That's how we were brought into slavery. Rape, murder, kidnap. We were beaten, traumatized, and everything else. You know what's funny? I'm going to say this and then I'm going to clear this up. No, I'm not going to clear it. I'm going to end this. You clear it up yourself. But this is something that's really crazy. People always talk about even your own brothers and sisters sometimes. They understand, they're starting to get a little better understanding of the nation of Islam. Started by Elijah Muhammad uh, and uh, continued on uh, through uh, Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan. 
people, you get a lot of white people. Oh man, and they, they're, they're a clan, they're a cult. Black people have never strung up white folks, especially the nation of Islam has never strung up white folks. They may have talked about you because what's if it's true, the Muslims believe, you know, the truth as all people who deal with uh, Christianity or whatever uh, religious belief you may have. The truth is the truth. No matter how you slice it, you can't come back and say you can dispute it. But then again, that just makes you a person who don't believe in the truth. Because a lot of people don't want to believe in the truth. A lot of people, when you look at it, the Bible was put out for what reason? To control people. Then, later on, the Bible was put out to control black people. Black people in slavery had a, could only read. There was not Everybody could read. They would choose one who would read the Bible. But he had to read certain uh, passages out the Bible in order to keep his people in line, they would never let him read certain parts. But once our brother Nat Turner started reading and understanding, then he started was able to pass on different type messages to the people because white folks didn't know what he was saying. They don't even understand the Bible. Only thing they know is the white Jesus that's placed on church walls, pictures that are hung up in your house. The white Jesus. And in 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 the book of Revelations, it never told you Jesus was white. It told you. It gave you a clear description. Of what Jesus looked like and what he sounded like. But when you lie and keep lying to a people, they believe whatever, and that be white or black. But the nation of Islam has never strung up white folks, lynched them, raped them, and all that kind of stuff, like uh, the Klan has done to our brothers and sisters, lynched us, raped us, kidnapped us, killed us for no reasons. Nation of Islam has never done that. But they try to convince you that the nation of Islam is bad, and it's not. They try to uh, uh, convince you that uh, uh, nonviolence is best for black people. While they commit violence against you, but they try to convince you of nonviolence with Martin Luther King. And Martin Luther King, when you look at it, he didn't believe in nonviolence. But if he had to go down to the South, that's what he had to preach, because if he didn't, you know, you would have had more chaos than you ever had in American history as far as uh, uh, black people and white people in the South. So he had to change his platform and do that in the South. And then later on, he realized it wasn't such a great idea. Because first of all, you need economic power. And as long as black people keep spending their money, they're never going to have economic power. Because without economic power, you have really nothing. Having your word is one thing, but sometimes to put some dollars behind them words is even better. So, post-traumatic slave syndrome, my brothers and sisters, give yourself some time to go out, order this book. It's a great book. You know, it's a book that came out in 2005. Dr. Joyce DeGruy. Post-traumatic slave syndrome. America's legacy. Enduring injury and healing. You should check it out. It's, it's a good book. It, it, it will enlighten you into a lot of things that you probably don't know as to why we act the way we act. I'm going to say this and then I'm going to wrap this up because, hey, you know, I don't I'm not going to try to give too many uh, long a podcast anymore. I'm going to give you 
information to the point where you could use it and go about your business and handle your business. But when you look at it, you are a great people, black man, black woman. All white people aren't bad people. There was a lot that were in the struggle. I'm not talking about the ones who do it just for uh, a certain reason to be spies. I'm talking about there was actually, I'm sorry, actually, like uh, today, there's actually people who actually understand the struggle of the black man and black woman. And then you have those who basically doing it just to do it. They don't care one way or the other, but doing it just to do something, to act like. You know, the people who like to act like they're doing something when they really ain't, they make it seem like, wow, they're really involved. And they don't be involved. They ain't no, no more interested than that or in anything else that has to do with black people. They just do it because it looks good. But my brothers and sisters, show a black man some love. What's up, brother? Throw your head up. You know, make contact. Show the fact that you see your brothers and sisters. You acknowledging them. I had to say, I'm going to say this last thing and I'm about to go. I was coming home uh, last week and there's, there's, there's people usually be out late at night. Cause when I get home, sometimes it's late and there were some guys, they were out and they was out in, uh, in my driveway. It's parked in my driveway, even though my gate is locked, but it was parked in my driveway, you know, where I pull in to go into my gate. Well, anyway, and I rolled down the window, you know, Hey man, who's, is that your guy's car? Yada, yada, yada. Yeah. Uh, you know, I'm, uh, you know, uh, you know, do you mind moving? So one of the young men, post-traumatic slave uh, syndrome, he's like, man, you could show a little bit more respect. Now you parked in the driveway where I'm coming into my house. Now you could have parked on the street, but you parked there instead. But my brother, I'm diffusing this because see, I'm, I'm not showing, you know, maybe I came, like I told him, you know, I'm sorry, my brother. It's been a long day at work. And I apologize. And he's, 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 he's going on mumbling, man, you could, you know, you show some respect, show some respect, give some respect. And I say, you know, my brother, I'm sorry. Like I said, I explained that, you know, it's a long day at work, yada, yada. And I, you know, I, I probably should have, uh, I shouldn't have been so harsh. Now I'm coming because he's a younger guy. Don't understand. So I'm diffusing this bomb. Because I don't need, because you've got maybe, you got five to one. You got little old me, a man in his 50s, going to take on five of these, these youngsters. Now, I carry no weapons. I don't need to carry no weapon because I don't carry no weapons. I wasn't going to get off into no situation like that, but I got to live here. So I diffused it because I didn't want no animosity because in the, 20 years ago, maybe 15 years, I would have jumped out. What? What you say? What? But no, no, no. As you get older, you gain wisdom. Diffuse the situation. You know, he was right to a certain, he was right to a certain extent. I shouldn't have acted over, overreacted. And he shouldn't have parked there. So he was right in one sense. I was wrong in one sense. I was right in one sense. And he was wrong in one sense. So the point of it is, try to understand before you do something or say something.
my brothers and sisters, this is your brother saying post-traumatic slave syndrome. Check out that book and I'll catch you next week. Unless something really, 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 really important breaks out. I'll be talking to you next week, but I had to put this out there. This is a little bit longer than some of the, uh, the last, maybe the last five or six, but Hey, this is the last one for season five. Uh, I like to thank all those who support the show and keep uh, listening. I really do. But this is your brother saying I'm out of here. Peace out. Enjoy your Monday.